All right, if you have your Bibles, let's open them tonight to the Proverbs chapter 1, book of Proverbs. And uh, we're going to begin a detailed study uh, of the book of Proverbs. I don't know how long this will last as the Lord directs, but I, uh, I'm going to tell you some things I wish I would have known many, many years ago, actually decades ago, and uh, so I would ask that you listen very, very carefully, uh, because wisdom is the principal thing. So Proverbs 4, 7, uh, it's the most important thing, wisdom. Uh, so this is where you get it, one of the main sources. Uh, so let's uh, take this very seriously. Let's delight in the, the word, love it. Let's study to show ourselves approved unto him. And uh, let's hide the word in our heart. All right, Proverbs chapter 1, we're going to read verses 1 through 7. The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel. To know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice and judgment, and equity, to give subtlety to the simple, to the young man knowledge and discretion. A wise man will hear and will increase learning, and a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsels. To understand a proverb and the interpretation, the words of the wise and their dark sayings. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. All right, let's pray. Father, we pray that you would help us as we even read the Proverbs to treasure them, to seek the wisdom, to make wisdom the principal thing, that we would understand uh, the consequences and the lack thereof and the blessings and the benefits of making wisdom the principal thing. We pray that the two-edged sword would do the work, help us to rightly divide it. We pray that you would put it in our hearts to love wisdom, to seek wisdom, to seek the early while you may be found, to understand this great skill for uh, living that is available to all who would seek it. We yield your spirit that he would lead and guide us, direct us as to what to say and how to say it, and that the word would be precious. It would not fall to the ground, but we would hear it and receive it uh, and be doers of the work and be blessed in our deed. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. As we begin to study the book, uh, just say this a couple, uh, say a couple things. Probably my favorite book in the Bible is Proverbs. Uh, it's kind of strange to say that they're all good, but um, if I usually have a little spare time, so I read through the Bible chronologically, um, and then just begin. Then I'm studying the Bible. Then I'm memorizing other parts of the Bible. 
But if I just have a few minutes and I want to meditate, uh, most of the time I will open up the Proverbs. And, uh, you know, sometimes I'll just open it up. Wherever it uh, falls open, I will read it. Uh, because Proverbs um, and Ecclesiastes, known as the wisdom books of the Bible, this book changed my life. And you know, I can truly say, uh, I remember at, at a Roloff's, uh, they gave testimonies. And they would usually, we, we, not every time, this just generality, they would give a bragamony. So they'd, you know, we, we're dealing with hardcore cases. You know, one guy was a pastor's son, burned his dad's church down. One guy stabbed his grandma with a pair of scissors because she was giving him a haircut. I mean, hardcore case. I'm getting some look. Uh, hardcore cases. One guy put um, some chemical in his little brother's Kool-Aid every day and fried his brain, and he lost all of his memory and mental capacity. I mean, really hardcore cases. Don't get any ideas. Uh, but... Uh, they they give a bragamony. You know, yeah, well, I um, I was on drugs. I did so much. I drunk this, smoked so many packs a day, and uh, this and that. Listened to rock music. Wanted to kill my parents, and then I got saved. You know, and, and then they wouldn't say anything about that. It, it was it, we we'd start calling it a, a bragamony and a testifony, but that that's not the case every time. There's some really good ones too, but. Um, when, when God saves you, if you're going to amount to anything, you have to get wisdom. You have to get wisdom. And so Proverbs should be one of the most important books in your life uh, in, of the Word of God. But, you know, I failed miserably before I got wisdom. I'm not saying I've arrived at all. I've got a long way to go. But wisdom um, changed my life, and I never heard about it before. I, I did not realize if you read this book and you study and you apply it to your life, your whole life's going to change. This book can prevent problems. You, you don't have to have these problems and then try to figure out how to solve it. It's much easier and better to prevent problems than it is to solve problems. And, and also, you know, think about sickness and disease. Had you rather prevent sickness and disease or wait till you get bad health? This is what the Proverbs will do for you. How about your money? Had you rather learn to manage money and to understand God's purpose for money and to apply principles that deal with your finances that God would bless your money or do you just want to uh, barely get by in life this is what Proverbs will do for you also uh, predicting the future you know when you apply biblical principles from Proverbs you will know how it's going to turn out before you ever do it so it's, it's just such an amazing book. We know that it was written by Solomon, according to chapter 25, verse 1. Um, he also included some proverbs from wise men of Lemuel and Agar. 
This is in chapters uh, 30 and 31. But we know that this is the book of the Old Testament that relates to all the wisdom and the hidden treasures which are in the Lord Jesus Christ. So we have the saying, I say it quite often, it's very helpful. The Old Testament is the New Testament concealed. The New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. And just as the law was a shadow of things to come, of the finished work of Christ on Calvary, the Proverbs and Ecclesiastes is the hidden treasures of God that we find in Jesus Christ mentioned in Colossians chapter 2, verse 3. All the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are in Jesus Christ. So you're not going to fully know him. You're not going to have this ability to live life in a way that pleases Almighty God without Proverbs and Ecclesiastes, and of course without uh, receiving Christ as your Lord and Savior. So Proverbs chapter 8, wisdom is personified, and basically wisdom is talking, but who is wisdom? Jesus Christ is the wisdom of God. So no wisdom without Jesus Christ. No Jesus Christ without wisdom. Now, this is an interesting word, Proverbs. What does it mean? It is a type of poetic um, language. Um, that's true. But when you study the word, it means a simile um, and it basically means you put two things side by side and you compare them one to another. And this is how you learn. And this is very important. We have teachers here, professors. We have parents. If someone has any ability to learn, they can learn easier by putting two things together and uh, compare them. And so this is why this similitude, similar. Um, for instance, all through Proverbs, you will have like and as. This is like this. You can learn because this is like that. Or you can learn because this as or is similar to something else. And so if we begin to understand this, of course, the highly educated philosopher of the world, they will overlook the deep things of God right in front of their face. They don't want it. They don't value it. But um, so the, the similarities by comparing two things. Uh, let's just look at one example. Of this. And this is just an overview tonight. But look at chapter five. Now, this is talking about a strange woman who will use her body uh, in a physical way, fornication, to deceive a man and ruin his life. So look what it says. Let's just start in verse 4. It says, But her end is bitter as wormwood. 
sharp as a two-edged sword. Now, the beginning smells real good, um, looks real good. What's the end? Wormwood, poison. And this, this goes to the book of Revelation. You know, uh, wormwood will kill you in the wrong amount. Also likens it to a sharp two-edged sword like the Word of God. So a lot of people, they think they're enjoying life, but if you know the, the wisdom, how's it going to end? Not good. You're, you realize the Bible says if you commit fornication, you sin against your own body, first of all. You, you, you hurt your health physically, but not just that. You're going to reap the whirlwind later on. And a lot of people who lived a uh, very uh, promiscuous, promiscuous life, it's not over yet. You're not getting away with it. It's coming. I, I got sad news for you. Uh, you will reap what you have sown. So this is just one example. A strange woman is what? Like wormwood. She's not what's all cracked up to be, whatever that means, whatever's not all cracked up to be. Uh, and, and so that's why you court, then you get married, then you have sex. Boy, that's a really deep truth this day. Now, you want sex and goof off and never get married if the shoe fits, wear it. Or uh, if the phone's ringing, answer it. Uh, don't, don't block God. You know, th this is the wisdom of God. So it is as like that. Here you go. Got a wicked woman put poison beside her. She's like poison. A sword is going to cut you up. There she is. There's the sword. Boy, that was worth your coming tonight. So the comparison of... So how do you learn? Compare. 1 Corinthians 2, 13 plainly teaches us that you are to comparing spiritual things with spiritual. This is in the New Testament. How do you learn what's right from wrong? The law says you put a difference between the clean and the unclean. So if you have two things here, one of them is clean, the other one is unclean, well, well that's hard to learn for a lot of people, isn't it? But they don't want to do that. So what is the devil doing and the new woke world we live in? They don't want there to be a difference between a man and a woman. They don't want there to be a difference between a horse and a cow or a dog or a cat. You know, whatever you identify, which is absolute ridiculous and impossible, you can get your body, uh, you know, have surgery, you're still what you are. Uh, male and female created he them. Now, the goal, the end goal, and the result is to rule. Now, let's go back to chapter 1. And let's look what it says in verse 1. It says, the Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel. Now, he's a king. To know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice and judgment and equity, to give subtlety to the simple, 
to the young man knowledge and discretion. A wise man will hear and increase learning, and a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsel to understand a proverb and the interpretation, the words of the wise, and their dark sayings. So, what is the end? To rule. How? Like a king. To gain the wisdom, the skill to make decisions, to see how it's going to turn out. If I do this, that will happen. If I do this, that will happen. To see down the road of life and to take dominion as a king, Revelation 1.6, God hath made us kings and priests unto himself. So from the beginning when Lucifer lifted himself up, um, he said, I will be like God. I will be like the Most High. This whole world we're living in, it's all about who's going to reign. Who's the king? Who has the right to make the decision? Does God, does the devil, or do you? And a wise man will realize, I do not have the ability to live this life. I need the wisdom of God to make decisions. And all of us can admit, if you messed up your life, it's because you messed up your life. You did not seek God. You did not make wisdom the principal thing. So let me go back. We, most of us know this. Solomon was sleeping, and he was dreaming. And in this dream, he was praying. So... This revealed his innermost being and desires in the dream state. What did he ask for in this prayer while he was dreaming? He asked for wisdom. So he didn't ask for riches. He didn't ask for a long life. He didn't ask for God's protection or blessing or any of these type things. Because he asked for wisdom, God made him the wisest men. You also have Daniel, the wisest of men. Now, there's no way we're ever going to be as wise as Solomon, but that ought to be your goal. Not to be proud, not to compete or compare. All of us ought to want wisdom, and it's available to all of us. And all you have to know is where do you get it, how do you get it, and then why uh, are you seeking for it? Now, most people, if, if you were to ask them, what do you want the most out of life? I'm be honest. And you were filling out a question. What is the most important thing in your life? What is the thing you're trying to acquire in your life? Even most Christians would not answer wisdom that's i want a good career i want a family i want children someday now i would like to attain this education level and this financial status so I, I say this quite often also if you get wisdom wisdom will give you all that but if you seek all that god's going to cut you off from wisdom and eventually, you're going to reap what you sow. So 
what, what's an example? Wealth gotten by vanity shall be diminished. That's just one example. If you try to get rich quick, and it, it, you're gonna, it's not going to work, God will make sure you don't keep those riches. Even if you get those riches, you're not going to keep it. Uh, that's why a wise man leaveth an inheritance to his children's children. If you're wise, you taught your children wisdom. They taught their children wisdom. You leave your children your inheritance. They're not going to blow it. You know what most people do? They go on a cruise. They go on a vacation to Hawaii in, in Oklahoma. Hawaii. There's nothing wrong with these things. I mean, but they, they blow it. Uh, or they'll go to Disney World. They just blow it have nothing to show for it. A wise person will have the wisdom to appreciate who gave it to them to live in white wisdom and to invest and then increase and then pass it on to their children. So we know according to Proverbs 4, David taught Solomon wisdom. Now, he didn't have the wisdom Solomon did. David was a man after God's own heart, but Solomon dreamed he was praying and God gave him wisdom because he sought wisdom. Now, it's almost likened to David wanted to build the house of God, but God would not let him because he had shed too much blood in war. So his son Solomon had to build the house of God. And these things seem to correlate that um, David had wisdom, but not like Solomon. So this is how God teaches. This is how we learn. How are you going to learn? Putting a difference between the clean and the unclean. How are you going to learn? Putting a difference between the good and the evil. You know how many people just go through life looking at one thing, not two? You can get blindsided very easy. You can get totally deceived. Now, I'll just quote you this verse, but you ought to know where it is. Hosea 12.10, very important verse. God says, I also have spoken by the prophets, and I have multiplied visions and used similitudes by the ministry of the prophets. What did God use? Similitudes. What is that? You put two things side by side and see how they're similar or how they're different. This is how God works. And if you want to have God's blessing, you're going to have to start understanding the Proverbs, which are similitudes. This is not like that. This will take me there. These things are uh, similar. The way of a transgressor is hard. You know what it says? When a fool laughs, it's like the thorns crackling in a fire. That's it. <laughs> you know, here are comedy clubs, funny jokes. <laughs> yeah, you know what it's like? Crackling thorns in a fire. Pop off all you want to. Uh, and what does the Bible say? A fool is known by the multitude of words. People that talk too much are foolish. You need to learn to listen and be quiet. So, 
let's look at this commandment that we have and or the consequences. So I'm just giving you the overview tonight. First of all, Proverbs 8.22, let's look at this. Wisdom is talking, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Word made flesh. The Lord possessed me in the beginning of His way before His works of old. That's Jesus talking, wisdom is talking. Where are you going to get wisdom? You go to God to get it. You're not going to get it in uh, public schools. You're not going to get it in kindergarten. You're not going to get it with some philosophy class. You're not going to get any wisdom in psychology. You will get wisdom in one place, the Word of God, Jesus Christ, the Word made flesh. So, you have two choices to get your wisdom. You'll go to the Word of God, or you will go to the world. And the world is human philosophy. And it's full of philosophers. I can't think of any right now. Aristotle, was he one? I can't. I'll think of some. Hermes, there's a whole bunch of. Uh, Plato, was he a philosopher? Uh, Pluto, Plato. Uh, Evolution University. No, you're going to need to get saved from your education and get your head right if you make human education your wisdom. That's what's wrong with the world, by the way. So, if you go to the Word, great things are going to happen for you. Great things. You can just, what is the psalm says? He loadeth me daily with his benefits. Get ready. He'll pour you out a blessing. You'll not be able to contain it if you go to the Word. But if you go to the world, and we'll look at this in detail later, it plainly tells us the consequences. It says when you go back to God, He won't hear your prayer. He'll laugh. He'll mock. You know why? You had the choice. You, you sought wisdom in the world not the wisdom of the Word of God. And God is a jealous God, and you're going to make Him angry, and He will not hear your prayer. He's not going to solve your problems when you didn't make wisdom the principal thing. Now, who was the book of Proverbs written to? Let's look at chapter 1. And verse 4, to give subtlety to the simple and to the young man knowledge and discretion. So it's written to two people, or well, three, kings. If you're saved, you're a king. Rule like a king. Next, the simple. Now, what does that word mean? The naive and gullible one. The one who can easily be conned. Uh, the word actually means roomy. You know, they'll say, lights are on, nobody's home. They don't have any sense. They don't have any wisdom. They do stupid things. They self-destruct. They run and wreck their life. They waste their money. They waste their time. They waste their thoughts and their emotions they sh should be serving God with. They waste their skill 
their talent. They waste their life. They are easily duped. You know, like in the Old West, they call it, uh, you got hoodwinked. I'm trying to think of the other one. Uh, but uh, we see it all the time. Uh, sad to say. So there are some very smart, educated people who are simple. They're absolute simpletons. They don't have any wisdom. They don't know which way's up. They don't know right from wrong. They do not know good from evil. And a lot of them think they're doing the right thing and it's the exact wrong thing. They are totally blind, but they think they can see. They are foolish in the way they live. You know why? They didn't go to the book of wisdom. Simple. Now we'll, we'll talk about simple and hopefully later on in detail. Secondly, it was written to the young man, young people. You know why? Because Jesus said, suffer the little children to come unto me and forbid them not. The goal is to get saved while you're young and that a wise parents will teach their children while they're young so they don't have to go out and ruin and wreck their life. That's the goal. All right. Now, you know, what's the sad reality in our society. There's exceptions. You got old simpletons. Never sought wisdom, old people, old whatever you want to call them, elderly, golden age life, totally simple. They still don't understand how to live. They still don't know what to do with their life that God entrusted them with. They don't know what to do with their money, their time, their thoughts, their uh, emotions, their body. They don't know what to do with it. But, you know, a lot of people can talk a good talk. You know, King James, bless God, Bob. Yeah, that's all great. Where's the wisdom? Where? Uh, why are there a bunch of simple old people? Now, I think here we have some exceptions to the rule. You know, the Bible says the hoary head, when it turns silver, you're supposed to respect that. If you have any sense at all, like see Brother Zamoripa there, he don't have much on top. But see what's, if you see what's on his face, and some of you young people look at that, you're supposed to respect him because of the color of that hair. And you're going to reap what you sow. Just wait. Be a young punko. Wait till you're old and you need, and I'm not saying he's old. I got it too. Wait, wait. Wait till you need help. Wait till you deserve the respect. And you put in the decades of experience. And they belittle it. So what is wisdom? It is skill for living. Skill for living. Now, we're probably going to run out of time. It's, I want to say this, very important. If you look at the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5, there's nine of them. So you got love, you got joy, you got peace, you got long-suffering, you got gentleness, you got faith, goodness, meekness, and temperance, right? Did you notice wisdom's not in there? Wisdom is not a fruit of the Spirit. 
You're not going to get saved, walk with God, just read your Bible and yield to the Holy Spirit and get wisdom. No, you have to get wisdom and with all thy getting, get understanding. And we'll show you different ways to get wisdom. But why is it that your average professing Christian is not very wise? Not very, a lot of them. Now, I know there's exceptions, but it's sad. Now, just think about this. You know what your greatest achievement in life is? Become a wise person. And this is what God says. This is how God sees life. You know what the greatest compliment you could ever receive I know your daughter is a ballerina who wears tights. No. And a tutu or whatever that thing is. No. That somebody says, you have wisdom. That's the, that's the greatest compliment. You know what the greatest tool you can have for life? Uh, it's not a Swiss Army knife. Those, those come in handy. Survivalist. I got me a, 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 a DeWalt, got me a great cordless drill. and a, No, those are great. You know what the greatest is? Wisdom. Because if you don't have wisdom, you can't, you can't live this life in a wise way. You know what the greatest weapon you can have in life? It's not a gun or a knife, though you need those these days uh, to defend yourself. It's wisdom. Wisdom. Do you know what the worst failure in life is? A fool. To be born a fool, to be conceived in sin, born a fool, live a fool's life, and die a fool. Horrible thing. You know what the greatest criticism of a person's life would be? To say, you're foolish. That was a stupid, foolish thing to do you don't have any sense you don't have any wisdom so i think we will conclude uh, for the introduction but why did god write the book of proverbs so let's review this look at verse five we're continuing our reading well, look at verse 2. To know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, and judgment, and equity, to give subtlety to the simple, to the young man, knowledge and discretion. A wise man will do what? Hear. And will increase learning. Uh, there was a, a teacher from China they said, what is the secret to learning all of these great martial arts and wisdom? He said, you have to listen. You know, if we just listen to God, it'd change our whole life. You know how many people tonight didn't hear much of what I said? And I'm not saying I'm worth hearing. Man, when I was taught Proverbs, I took notes. I, I realized I've got to get wisdom. I have got to get more wisdom. So I say this all the time, and I want to encourage you um, as we conclude.
You do not have to be a wise person to get wisdom. You only need enough wisdom to know you need wisdom. If you've got that, if you've got enough sense somehow in you to know you need wisdom, you can get wisdom. So let's look, look what it says there. Um, verse 5. What type of man will hear? A wise man will hear. Now what's the opposite? Let's compare it now. Here you go, your similitude. What's the, what's the opposite of a wise man? A fool. So what is that saying? A fool will not listen. And you know what else? That's why James says it goes in one ear out the other. Matthew 13, the parable of the sower of the seed. The evil birds come and steal the seed of the word before it can take root in the heart. Uh, hearers only. And most people don't even do that. You know. Are you listening? Huh? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, what did I just say? Huh? Um, a wise man will hear. Hear. Boy. You know, so I'm not, uh, I'm a little bit, I have some uh, urgency with this. I wish somebody had told me this when I was 16. I wish I'd have known this when I was 14. I wish I'd have known this when I was 20. Uh, but, if you get wisdom, God's going to bless your life. What's the opposite of that? If you don't get wisdom, you're cursed. Doesn't matter how much money you make, how, how much you possess your achievements, you're not going anywhere. All right. The similitude of the Proverbs. Comparing spiritual things with spiritual all right, let's make a commitment as we begin this study, Lord willing, to get wisdom. Boy, it'll change your whole life. All right, let's stand.